Hey, Pure Golf Podcast listeners, you can find our episodes on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Amazon Music. To check out our weekly YouTube videos, go visit My Pure Golf. Link will be in the bio. What is going on, everybody? My name is Jordan, and welcome to the Pure Golf Podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about reverse engineering it may just change your life it may change your golf game but first announcements okay so this week at pure golf we have shorts coming out every day across all our social media platforms if you're not following us go ahead and give us a follow enjoy the content give us a little comment tell us what your thoughts are on that comment for the post, we love it. We invite it. We want lots of it. Give us a follow at my pure golf. That's all one word at my pure golf across all social media platforms. Over the weekend, I think Zach is posting a match play that he shot not too long ago. I live for these match plays, man. He never tells me how they go, and I love finding out when they get posted every weekend because I, like you, Don't know what's going to happen, even though people think I do. I don't. For the podcast, we're going to be doing episodes every Monday and every Friday. The World of Golf updates will be on Mondays, and Fridays will be more of a how to better your golf game type podcast, and many times in ways you've never, ever thought up. If you haven't yet and you find yourself liking the podcast, please give it a five-star rating. Give it a comment on Apple Podcasts. Share it with a family member. Share it with a friend. It's honestly impossible to grow without you all helping us out. And we really, really appreciate all the help and encouragement and feedback we get from you all. We actually take it all to heart. So if you have anything to tell us, any constructive criticism, let us know. We want to do things to make you guys happy with the content. It's all for you. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. No matter how many dollars we put into marketing or social media and all that type of stuff, it doesn't ever compare to a friend sending a friend or a family member a podcast to listen to and saying, you know what? I think this may change your entire golf game. And we're hoping that happens a lot across our platform. So we want to help as many golfers as long as possible. And the way we're doing this is completely free to you, the listener. So enjoy the free help. Enjoy the free podcast. It'll go a long way. And now back to the podcast. Thanks. Welcome back to the actual podcast. Today, we get into reverse engineering and how it's going to impact your golf game. We're actually going to split this podcast into two parts because for my listeners out there, take this one to heart. You're going to have some homework. So next Friday, part two of this episode will come out. And bear with me, it hasn't even been recorded yet. We're recording part one this week, and we'll record part two next week. I'm not recording one long podcast and divvying out. I wanted to give you guys some time to actually do the homework, and myself a little bit of time to do the homework too, because I do the homework with you guys. For you all who have listened to the podcast before, you know I'm all about helping golfers through more mentality and practical shifts rather than actual swing mechanic shifts on this podcast. You're listening to something, so it's really tough to give swing mechanic help because all it's really doing is 
you listening to words and not seeing anything, having no feels whatsoever. And I think sometimes it needs to be dug into a little bit more is how you can reverse engineer and it could actually change your golf game and it could actually change the rest of your life for the better. So when it comes to business, I do a ton of reading, I do a lot of research and I really, I do my best to educate myself about how to grow a company. So how I got into this whole reverse engineering thing is just completely bizarre, but it has relevancy here. So I think it's a little story to tell that can actually help a golf game. Then then I'll explain a little bit more. So the story about all this is when we opened up Pure Golf's literal facility, which the grand opening to the public was January of 2020. But we actually opened up and started like accepting some bare, bare, bare clients at the very beginning in like August or September of 2019. So when we were doing all this, we had to figure out how how are we going to market things? And when it comes to marketing, there's like infinity options out there for how to do it and so many philosophies of what works and what doesn't work. It is completely overwhelming. And being completely young and naive in business, the way I wanted to go about it was to do an animated advertisement explaining what pure golf was, how it was different, how it was going to be more affordable, more personalized swing consultant than anywhere else in the world. And to do that, you have to get in touch with ad, with animated advertisement agencies. So I'm scheduling all these phone calls, getting some prices. And then, and I ended up really clicking with one of these guys at these companies. I'm not going to give them a shout out uh, because I, you know, they're a cool company, but there's others out there like them. But we ended up, me and this guy ended up talking for like 30 minutes about like life on the phone, like a really great guy. Um, it, it was just crazy. And in those 30 minutes, he changed my life and actually dashed my hopes all, all, all at once. And so he broke the news to me on that um, on that phone call that a minute-long animated advertisement was at that time between twenty dollars and $25,000. Needless to say, there is no way in hell that we could afford that. Like, we had just opened. So all our expenses were not, not gone, but like... It, we didn't have $25,000 to just spend on, on one advertisement. But within that conversation, he told me about this guy named Donald Miller who wrote a book who wrote a book that may be able to help me out. It was entitled Build Your Story Brand. He was absolutely adamant that I read this book and understand what it taught. So I'm like, okay. I went out and I got the book and I completely devoured it. And then I signed up for some more stuff with uh, Donald Miller's company and learned about how much advertising and really life can set, wow, how life success can happen when you reverse engineer. Donald Miller is what I would call a master at reverse engineering. He teaches it, he lives it, he breathes it. And so, again, to mention his name again, his name is Donald Miller. He's probably a man who will get referenced on our podcast quite a bit. As he's he's made a pretty profound impact in my life. I, I've had the liberty to ask him a few questions and he's selflessly taken the time to answer them. And it's just incredibly kind of him. Um, but I won't go on and on about my, my love and um, admiration for Donald. Um, I'll just kind of get into what he teaches. And so reverse engineering is not some trademarked concept. Many people talk about it. 
but I believe the way Don teaches it is a phenomenal way. And so reverse engineering is all about taking the time to think and truly understand why you have the goal you have and where you want to end up with it. And so I'm about to leap into an example that doesn't start out with golf, but just bear with me and I'll get there. So let's say a person is attending a school for culinary arts or cooking. What is the purpose of that? Why is that person attending that type of school if he wants to someday become a car salesman or a cybersecurity person? If that person is attending culinary art school, they probably have an end goal that revolves somewhere around cooking. Maybe they want to be a head chef at their own restaurant one day. Maybe they want to own a bakery. But reverse engineering essentially starts with the end goal and breaks it down of how how do I get there? How do I get there? So what our future chef has done and has said is, I want to start my own business in downtown Atlanta that specializes in New Orleans cuisine. The restaurant will seat about 70 people and we will only do reservations. No person can simply walk up and grab a table. In order to accomplish this, the future chef, remember, he's just now in culinary arts school. The future chef must go through all sorts of things to prepare for that moment. First, he must graduate high school. Then he must go to culinary school. He must make connections while in culinary school. He must learn how to make the best dishes, the best desserts. He must specialize in what he wants to specialize in, right? However, he must also learn how to run a business, understand a little bit about commercial real estate, what's a good buy, what's not, should he rent, should he own, and probably build some type of connection within the city of Atlanta to properly accomplish this goal. And man, I'm telling you, even to just look at that and and have that down in front of me is overwhelming because I know to a degree just how much time and effort is going to go towards every single thing that's been listed. Like it is completely overwhelming to just master the dishes that you want to master. I'm no amazing cook. I, I get by by making my own food, but to truly specialize in cooking and really nail down every recipe as it's supposed to be is a lot of work across the board. But it is supposed to be overwhelming. But that's why you reverse engineer. It gives you the end goal first. And then from there, you can break down that goal across whatever time span you want to. Our future chef's plan is to accomplish all of this within 10 years. So that gives him plenty of time to learn how to properly cook all the dishes he wants to specialize in, build all the connection he well, build all the connections he needs to start and really start to understand some business along the way. But along with that, it also gives him time to take some starter jobs and simply learn the restaurant industry from people a lot older and wiser than him. Anyways, en enough about chef school. Let's bring this back to the game of golf. There's a reason I went with the food and the chef example to illustrate that this type of thinking works for anything. It's not just golfing, but when I brought it to golf, I often called it what's called golfineering because it's a process that I think every single golfer should go through. So I thought to myself, why not coin a term? And you can go ahead and bet that we own the, the domain name, www.golfineering.com. We own it. We actually may be using it. I can't remember. We own a lot of domain names that people don't even know about. So whenever a new student comes in, and quite frankly, many times when recurring students walk in, 
I've been very keen on asking one question. What is the end goal here? People often answer with, you know what, I just love to be more consistent. That is literally the most common answer I've ever gotten since I ever started coaching golf. Others have some type of goal that they want to be more consistent with their irons or their driver, stuff like that. Or even still, others have goals of some scores they want to break. Some want to break 100, some want to break 90, some want to break 80. And some are actually just actually desperate to make contact with the golf ball. And that's typically the person who is brand new to the game. Brand new. In the teacher's seat, you begin to realize that since you have no emotion tied to the outcome, it makes it far easier to sit back and say, well, I think you should fill in the blank. Because we're literally paid to do so. However, I'm telling you right now that the reason most golfers don't accomplish their goals is because they really aren't great goal setters. Let me get into why that is. If you're not a great goal setter, you won't be a great planner. If you aren't a great planner, you're probably not great at committing to things. And if you're not great at committing to things, you're probably going to make a lot of excuses for reasons you can't accomplish what you at one point want to accomplish. Because you didn't give it enough long-term thought to flesh out your actual goals for golf or your actual path for golf, you inevitably become short-sighted and fail at reaching your goal that you never actually created and committed to. All because you didn't form a path from the get-go of, like when panic sets in is when people become short-sighted. When they don't see the big picture, they become very anxious, very depressed, very frustrated, very quickly. And they forget that, oh, I actually gave myself X number of years to, to accomplish this goal. And I think what I just said is actually one of the most valuable things I've ever said on the history of the Pure Golf Podcast. And I say that because I think it so radically applies to myself and why I feel that so many things in life is because I got short-sighted. I got anxious. I freaked out that we weren't accomplishing X by X, even though it's always been about the big picture. It simply isn't enough that you want to find consistency in golf. Everybody who has ever picked up a golf club has had the exact same goal. Every single person. And while it's a little bit better, it's actually not enough to say that you want to break 100 or break 90 or break 80 consistently. However, those are better starting goals, I will say. As a teacher, I was always, always, always against putting people on a timeline. As a teacher, you can't because you don't know what's going on in their lives to, to distract them, that, that's going to get in the way. And so as a teacher, I never set the timeline. However, as a human being and holding myself accountable, that I need deadlines and I need timelines. So if it were my own goal, then yes, I would. But when, when helping another person set their goals, I don't even come close to advising on, oh, you should get this done by X. That is completely out of my control. But for me, and I think for any player who is really being honest with themselves, you need deadlines and you need timelines to complete X by X. Or else you're just going to procrastinate and never succeed at what you really want to succeed at. So if you're sitting down to reverse engineer your golf game, let's get specific. Let's start out by stating your goal or your goals. Many times in golf, you're going to have 
more than one goal because one goal relates to another goal, which relates to another goal. Then let's say how long you're going to give yourself to accomplish that goal or goals. Most of the time I deal in terms of years on these, if I'm being honest, you can't rush the process. This isn't going to happen in a matter of months, most of the time, or even days. Then I want you to ask yourself, why is this goal or are these goals important to me? Is it important for my ego? Do I want to be able to shoot a certain score during a tournament? Is the purpose of all this tournament golf? And you know what? Maybe is the goal to win a specific tournament. Goals can be anything, not just scores or distances for your clubs or or anything. Golf goals are golf goals, but you must be willing to answer the question, why is this important to me? If I achieve X, what does X give me? Beyond that, if you failed at achieving it, what would that mean to you? Is failure an option? And if it's not an option, why? Like if, if tomorrow you wake up and life is completely different and you don't get to accomplish this golf goal, what does that actually mean for you in the long run? Does it hurt just you or does it actually hurt others around you? There are actually, I'll, I'll go into a small detail real quick. Sometimes when people fail at their golf goals, they're actually hurting people around them. And it sounds weird, but on a case-by-case basis, I've actually heard of, oh, that actually makes sense that your golf goal is hurting somebody else. Like if a husband and wife commit to golf together for time together, then they typically both want to play pretty good golf. But if one fails to practice and the other is out there practicing and getting good, well, they're missing their time together, right? Or if if you have a, a commitment to get better at golf for this big team event that's coming up later in the year and you don't practice, you are then letting your teammates down for that event. Is that a big deal in the, in the grand scheme of things? To some, yes, and to some, no. And that's something you got to really be willing to ask yourself. Does it hurt you or just others around you? You tell me. That's up to you to decide. And that right there is where I'm going to stop the reverse engineering process for the podcast. If you're serious about bettering your golf game, do the homework. Rewind the podcast. Listen to the listen to the questions again. Be as clear as you can in your goals. And hint, hint, it will probably require that one goal you want to achieve will probably require more goals. Many times it requires some life changes. It requires you to work on your health, your physical health, your mental health, your fitness, and maybe, maybe going to see a doctor or two. If you're going to play your best golf and achieve your golf goals, you've got to be clicking on all cylinders because each one that doesn't click is going to hinder your golf game. Golf, there is no cheating it. And I mean, people tell me all the time that like golf is such a mental game. Yeah, it is. So what are you doing to mentally get better at golf? There's people who go to the driving range all the time who are getting physically better at golf, but when they hit a bad shot and it all snowballs downhill from there, what are you doing to mentally reset? Mental practices work in golf and they should be really taken into account when you're when you're looking at your golf goals. So do the homework. Do a little brainstorm. 
and write out every single golf goal you have. Say why each one matters. Give them a timeline. Ask yourself the very hard questions are like, are you going to let anybody down if you don't accomplish the goal? Are you golfing to have more time with your kids? Are you golfing to click and experience more fun with the kids or or to help them in, in their golf game and be able to relate to them? Then be ready for the next part of the homework next week. But that is all for me today. We're going to keep this one a little bit shorter to get you guys focused on the homework. Uh, So we will be back on Monday with a World of Golf update podcast. We aren't really covering the tournament too, too much. Just going to be looking at the World of Golf, what's going on. And then we are back on here for Friday for part two of the Reverse Engineering podcast. But thank you all for joining me. This is kind of a quick hitter podcast. It's not super long. It's just something to give you something to think about of, you know what? Goals matter. They really do. And how I'm going to get there for the long run. If you can become a long-term golfer and not a short-term golfer who reacts negatively to everything, then you you give yourself a fighting chance. And I think, I think golf is the hardest sport in the world. So you got to do every little thing to make sure that you reach your end goal. I hope that helps. We will see you back here on Monday for a World of Golf update. Friday is part two of this. See you all next week. Thank you.